Welcome to On The Grid, V-Prime's podcast about important issues regarding energy, cities, and much more. I'm your host, Aaron Otan, V-Prime's VP of Content and Thought Leadership Strategy. The aviation industry has always been a vanguard of innovation and an engine for economic activity. That's true today as the industry is rapidly changing to adopt and deploy new technologies. This week, Ernest Huffman, Program Manager of Aviation Planning and Education at the North Texas Council of Governments, joins us on the grid to discuss the importance of outreach and education for bringing people into the aviation workforce, as well as the future of air mobility. It's time to get on the grid. Hey, Ernest. Welcome to On the Grid. How are you doing today? Excellent. No complaints. I'm glad to have you here. Uh, we actually go way back to when we were recent recent college grads working at the same company right out of college. Um, and then our career trajectories have kind of gone in different ways. But I'm really glad that we can connect today and have this conversation. I concur. Yeah, we definitely go back to the, the, the beginning of our careers. I'm glad to see that we're both relatively successful in what we decided to do. <laughs> awesome. Well, can you give me a little bit about your background and maybe talk a, a little bit about something that you're currently working on that's got you excited? Yeah, so originally I'm from Syracuse, New York, born and raised, came out of out of high school thinking I wanted to be an astronaut. So I attended uh, college to be in a professional pilot program as using my piloting degree as a platform to become an astronaut. Got to college, forgot my entire astronaut dreams. <laughs> also got to start flying and decided I didn't want to do that for a career. So eventually I pivoted to uh, airport consulting where me and Aaron started. But now, I mean, one of the big exciting initiatives we're working on in North Texas are integrating advanced air mobility technologies as well as unmanned or small unmanned drone technologies into the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And it's very exciting. Uh, I think we're front runners and it's something I think I'm gonna be able to leave my mark on in this industry. That's great. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today was because this industry is changing so quickly and there's so many interesting things going on in that area of air mobility. and. Um, we'll get to the drone part of the conversation, but part of your job at the North Texas Council of Governments includes education and outreach. So how do you all approach aviation education? Why is that important? Yeah, so before I got here to North Central Texas Council of Governments, they did a gap analysis on the aviation careers in the Metroplex to see where the skills were in deficit where the workforce was needed by the various employers in the region. And they found that there was a huge deficit in all aviation careers, obviously. And that was 10 years ago. They created North Texas Aviation Career Education Initiative. Um, so I started here uh, about six years ago, leading up that program. And our general approach is uh, outreach. So we, I do, I use a, a shotgun approach. I, I do outreach everywhere. I do outreach in schools, K through 12, universities. I do outreaches at Rotary Clubs, uh, uh, um, film festivals, anywhere I can get out, get in front of folks to educate them on aviation careers, I'll do it. Um, and I think the main piece with that outreach component is the awareness on the availability of these careers, because most folks just don't know they exist. And I think once I get that awareness or, or help them understand that these careers do exist, that's the straight uh, path to get them to, to join us in aviation. 
I think that's sort of a similar issue that we have in the energy industry as well. People just don't really know what what jobs are out there and how interesting and how much of an impact on society really you can have. That's I think one of the things that um, energy and aviation have in common is the impact on the economy and and society in general. 100%. Another thing is that I remember when I was in that industry, the people who are actually in the aviation industry are super passionate. Why do you think that those people get so excited about what they do? You know, I think a, a lot of folks we we come into in this field, they they were groomed to be aviators. They got family in there that's been in aviation. Um, that's a legacy for them. So majority, I mean, a lot of those folks who have that inherent uh, passion for the industry, I think are legacy. I call them legacy acts, right? Mm-hmm. But you also get a lot of folks who aren't uh, from the aviation industry, who don't have a legacy in the aviation industry, who matriculate to the industry from various other careers. Like we got folks who retire from accounting firms who end up being aviators. Um, I got a guy right now who just got out of the Navy who wants to become a pilot. So I mean, there's a juxtaposition where you get these highly passionate individuals who are fully, uh, they're breathing the jet A fuel, right? They can drink it. And then they got folks like me, really, because I'm really not an aviation geek. I kind of just fell into it based on the process I took in my in my earlier life. So there's a, a huge a swath of folks and individuals in aviation. Not all of them are super passionate, but all of us are getting the job done. <laughs> so you mentioned you you do outreach at K through 12 schools. Um, so what kind of response do you see from, I guess that that's even younger than Gen Z, but, you know, especially from Gen Z that are just now entering the workforce, um, what kind of areas are they most interested in when it comes to aviation? So it's weird. Um, and I wouldn't even say weird. Typically, when I go into a school environment, most of the folks I'll ask, first thing I ask any of you interested in aviation career, and I'll get maybe one or two hands being raised, right? Because they just don't even understand what those careers are typically when I get in front of them. So the general deal, what we're having, uh, and this is this is an overall issue for every industry in America, is your, your industry is competing for all the millions of other jobs that these kids can be doing in, in the United States. They got choices in abundance, and they're trying to grapple with those choices. So what I try to do is... Uh, tie whatever individual passions they currently have in their lives, what are their currently likes they currently have to an aviation career. Like we'll have a, a guy who say he wants to be a doctor and then I'll try to tie doctor uh, careers to some of those aviation careers we have in the medical field. We have folks who want to be lawyers. We definitely have a robust aviation law practice in, in our in our industry that they can take advantage of. So they're just numerous uh, points of connection I can make with kids. And I try to make that as much as possible because I know nine times out of 10, they don't, they don't know much about aviation. I'm probably one of the first people to talk to them about it. So I don't expect a passion for it. Just want to get the bug in the air. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably, like you said, most industries are having, having this challenge, but definitely um, in energy. And I think in, you mentioned aviation as well as just the changing workforce and workforce transition. What are some of the biggest challenges in your industry uh, when it comes to the the changing workforce? So uh, I'd say biggest issue we're having in aviation is folks retiring out or aging out of various disciplines. 
Um, and that's across the board. That's from the piloting community all the way down to consultants, all the way down to the folks working in ticketing counters. This is a huge aging out component. Um, and there's been a, a big, robust, uh, uh, some energy to promote these jobs now to the younger generation to get them up and running and to start getting employers to hire at younger ages as opposed to hiring folks with a lot of experience on a resume because you're not going to have that now with, with a lot of the openings in jobs today. So, I mean, that's really been the real deficit, having employers get with the, with the program and then hiring younger folks, training them up, training them to where they got to uh, to do the job that they need them to do um, and combating that across the board. Which is a, which is a big issue. And where do you think there's some opportunities? Um, you know, I think that this younger generation, obviously, they've got a completely different mindset than um, the people who are aging out of the workforce. They've grown up in a completely different society <laughs> and uh, education system, basically. So, um, you know, are the, are there opportunities there for the way for for changing maybe some of the way things work, or where do you yeah. see some opportunities? Yeah, this is a huge amount of opportunities for folks to be um, pioneers in getting, and it's all tied. I think the big talk is younger folks working in these careers. So as opposed to waiting for folks to get a four year degree, you can start working with them at the high school age. Where, and I'll be, I'll admit, I probably was smarter in high school and undergrad than I ever was than I even am today, like in terms of aptitude and your ability to learn. So getting in the classroom, working with those kids early, getting them internships from high school, uh, as a freshman, as a sophomore, don't work to wait till they're a junior and senior in college, because by the time they're a junior and senior in college, and if they're talented, somebody's going to spook them up. I mean, you're competing for those folks. It's very competitive for those folks with the aptitude and the passion. So get to them early. Um, and I've been talking with our industry folks, stakeholders in our region, to do just that. And we've been working workforce development angles uh, with industry uh, for various sectors in aviation to, to, to rejig some of those programs. Awesome. Well, all right, switching gears a little bit, you mentioned um, drones and urban air mobility at, at, at the beginning of our conversation. So I think when most people hear the word drones, they think about you know, the, the ones that people are using at the park or to take videos and pictures, but there's so many different types and uses for drones. What are some of the main areas that you guys are looking into and planning for drone use? All of them, every single mm -hmm. sector around drone technologies and that small drones up to large drones we're interested in. So I represent the concerns of 16 counties in the Dallas Fort Worth region. We do uh, transportation planning for all those particular counties. And one of the big issues, one of the big deals they need help with is integrating those drone technologies because they don't either have the bandwidth or the expertise to do so. So we've been spearheading uh, the integration efforts for all of that, those technologies from every uh, angle that you can think of. We have a uh, public awareness and education working group where we focus on educating the general public on drone technology, how drones will be used, how they can get involved with careers and in that industry. Etc. as well as uh, uh, just getting them to, to adopt the technology in a positive way. Then we have a legislative and policy working group where we work on all legislative issues, state legislation. We comment as a group on federal legislation to make sure that our needs from a local perspective are, are met on the legislation. And then we work with city governments on their policy around drone integration. So using their drones, 
as a city for inspections and law enforcement and public safety, as well as uh, mitigating or, or, or detecting drone tech or, or reckless drones in their airspace. Uh, we have a workforce and training or, or training and workforce development working group where we focus on standardizing drone training in the Metroplex and that's K through 12 as well as um, as well as professional related training. Then we do workforce development. So we work with the various uh, school districts, work with industry, work with the colleges to see if we can meet some of those needs on the workforce perspective. And that's drone pilots, that's uh, uh, planners, that's manufacturing, that's the entire gamut around the drone industry, just not flying the drones or, or delivering packages. And then there's our city or integration working group where we focus on the cities using the technologies directly for, for public benefit. So for inspections, uh, to save costs on inspections, to save costs on surveillance, um, um, response to large scale events, emergency response, um, natural disasters, things of that nature is what we focus on in that particular working group. But I say all that to say, we're working on every particular swath and it's not just the small drones. And then it, that leads us to the advanced air mobility piece where we're working with folks like NASA to draw out the air corridors in the Metroplex where those aircraft will take off and land and, and fly in the Metroplex, uh, working on the inter, uh, intermodal mo uh, uh, integration. So we got a lot of intermodal facilities in the Metroplex that will need integration from that advanced air mobility piece. So we're working with stakeholders to do that as well. So long, long way to answer that question. We're looking at everything here in North Texas. No, that's great. So Z Prime did some research. Um, I think it was back in 2020 on uh, consumer perceptions around drones and, and urban air mobility. And only 6% of people said they were interested in them for travel. Now, three years later, you know, a lot's changed. I, I'm sure if we asked that question again, um, that number would be higher. What What would you expect? Do you think there's more awareness? Um, definitely, definitely more. It's all about the awareness piece. So maybe you said about three years ago, you guys did the research. Mm -hmm. yes. They wouldn't have had, uh, weren't even many mock-ups on what these EV tall aircraft look like, right? Now there's more exposure more promotion by some of these OEMs on what the technologies are. There's been some international demonstrations on the technology. So I think the general awareness on the technology has gone up. It's not high. I would say it's high. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that number still will be low on the, the folks willing to use these services for passenger. But as soon as we start moving some of these, moving people with these tech, with the technology, I, I expect that to go up. So it's coming. They're, we're going to be coming. moving people with with uh, unmanned or. So un both. They'll, initially, they'll be manned. Okay. The overall goal of that industry is to become unmanned for cost savings. Okay. What about? I mean, you said you comment on uh, federal and state legislation. I imagine with such a new tech, new technology, so many things to consider that the regulatory landscape is challenging. So how, how are you navigating that? And what are some of the challenges around, you know, regulation right now when it comes to drones? So the regulatory deal is a huge issue. Um, the FAA still haven't, hasn't come to grips with how they're going to integrate the technology. Um, they haven't assigned responsibility to the airspace management for the technology yet. Um, so that's still up in the air. And, and the way I've been managing that is I've been crawling a lot and I've been uh, 
insisting that our cities crawl in terms of integrating the technology, spending money on infrastructure for deploying this technology and to wait and see what the FAA decides on how to deploy these technologies safely um, in the NAS. So that's just been our general approach to walk really slowly, crawl really slowly, apply for those federally um, those federal grants that are out there to help us with the technology, but to spend as little as our own money as possible <laughs> until <laughs> until these technologies are federally approved for, for integration across the board. I feel like I have to ask this just because it's such a big topic of conversation right now, which is artificial intelligence. Is that yeah. some kind of, is that a technology that you guys are looking into? Maybe like how how do you guys look at AI when it comes to um, mobility or just aviation in general? And what are, you know, what are some of the things you guys are looking into around AI? Yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, all the conference I've been going to, I've maybe been to nine, uh, six to seven conferences this year uh, on advanced mobility and various topics on that, on that subject. And no one's brought up AI. Really? In these conversations, but I know the OAMs are using it or attempting to use it. Um, I know folks want to use it, but it's just not a big comp- uh, a topic of conversation. They're still struggling to get the, their aircraft certified. But from my mm-hmm. perspective, I think AI is important. I think we need to use it. It's going to make a lot of what we're trying to do more efficient. Um, and, and those folks who take advantage of AI early will be the most successful down the line. So for me, I'm a proponent of it. Uh, being a working for a government entity, we don't use it. Um, we haven't been... Uh, uh, given approval to use it on anything we do, but I imagine within a year or two, it's gonna it's gonna be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things where there's still so much to learn, and there's gonna be, like you said, early adopters, and I imagine maybe governments will be a little bit later to to adopt on that. Um, all right, so at Z Prime, we actually have a a full event that we do called City of the Future, where we kind of you know talk about talk about a lot of these topics. What does the, what does the future of energy transportation look like? So when you think about air mobility, what is your vision for the future? So first off, I think with advanced air mobility, the first application we'll see run rampant, in particular here in North Texas, because we need it, is the freight movement. Um, those movement, uh, that movement of freight from, or that last mile movement of freight from distribution centers, from airports. So we got a large cargo airport or international cargo airport where we look like, where it's looking like a lot of the freight movement will go on from that airfield to the warehousing for Walmarts, the Targets, the Amazons, et cetera. I think that's going to be one of the main applications that's going to get off the ground because it won't be moving people. It'll just be moving things. And that's a more safe, uh, a deemed a more safe application. But in terms of the people movement piece, I think that, that air taxi piece from your downtown center to your airport will be very popular um, initially. And I expect that to come on within the next two to three years, in particular in our area. And most of these, the, when it comes to the air taxis, a lot of the focus is on elect, electric, right? So, yeah, lower so the, yeah, when I, yeah, when I'm saying air taxi and I'm talking advanced air mobility, it's all about uh, uh, electric uh, takeoff and landing vehicles. Awesome. All right. Well, is there anything else that you're working on that that we didn't touch on today that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, yeah. So we didn't get into the diversity angle of this a lot, but um, I think one of the other opportunities that industry has is to start um, um, 
promoting to disadvantaged communities, uh, diverse communities, getting to places you typically wouldn't get into to give them awareness on these career paths. And I love to do that where I'll go to um, uh, a group of uh, all autistic kids, go talk to them about aviation careers. Um, I said Rotary Club and people don't know what the Rotary Club is. It's typically um, a senior citizen uh, age group where they, they do fundraising to combat Holo. But they meet every month and it's one of those community groups where you can get in and they, they work with every industry sector. Um, it's just places to get into to get them involved, get more diverse with your with your with your promotion of the industry. I think everybody needs to do it. Um, industry adopt schools adopt schools in all communities just don't go to your alma maters right um promote 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 and and i think that'd be the best thing to get awareness to our jobs uh get our kids to matriculate to our jobs um etc and also beyond that um i think folks need to start looking into what advanced air mobility is i i, I talk I'm, I'm actually going to do a, a talk actually this afternoon to some kids on emerging aviation careers. So I'll talk all about those advanced air mobility careers that nobody's talking about right now because they don't really exist. But those are those are opportunities not only for kids, but adults in aviation and outside of aviation to matriculate to our industry. So promote, promote to everybody. And I think it's a job for everyone in our industry to do. Now, Aaron, I know you're not in aviation anymore, but I anticipate you doing some of this promotion for us as well. Oh yeah. So what what do you think is a job that doesn't exist now that might exist and once these kids are are old enough to be working? Yes. You talked AI, right? AI-based jobs within companies. Folks in the company who can help train people to use those AI platforms like the chat GPTs, the um, this is one uh, Bard or all the other chat GPT chat engines. And then they have those those AI video things and those AI photo <laughs> production things. If you, you can build capabilities, and I've been talking to my son who's a junior in high school right now, build capabilities in AI now. Those are just new jobs, new, new software-based jobs that don't you'll be the new, it's equivalent to the Excel expert, your Adobe. <laughs> in design experts. Now you got your AI experts within your company. And I think every company in America will have these folks just not being talked about right now. Yeah. Yeah. I I really liked your point about uh, the, the diversity angle too, and getting into places that are, you know, more unique that you might not think about. And um, just like you said, educating people on what, what the future could hold for them. So yeah, that was really great. So, all right. How can people stay up to date with you if they want to, you know, they're interested in in this topic, they want to learn more about it. Where can they find you? Yeah, we got multiple websites. So you can uh, go on our main uh, North Central Texas Council of Government web, uh, website. So it's uh, NCTCOG or so N, the, the, the letters NCTCOG.org. And then you can go to our aviation portal. You can look at our, I didn't mention any of this, but we do airport uh, airport planning too in the region. We do our aviation system plan for our 40 plus uh, airports in the region. Um, we got vertiports, we got heliports. So all that stuff needs to be integrated. You can see all that on our main aviation portal as well as our aviation education stuff. Then you can visit North Texas UAS, uh, North Texas UAS.com to get all the information on our drone integration efforts, our advanced air mobility efforts are North Texas UAS Safety and Integration Task Force, which we host every month, um, our work with NASA, 
and other stakeholders in the region, including Choctaw Nation, University of North Texas, University of Texas at Arlington, et cetera. Um, those are our two main websites. We do have a aviation career website that got hacked. So that's down. It will be up uh, at the beginning of the year, hopefully. And that's a very good resource for students, uh, parents, and educators on all the various aviation careers out there, how much money you can make, uh, what schools you can go to for these careers, et cetera. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ernest, for, for joining today and chatting with me. It's been really great catching up with you and uh, hearing about all the opportunities in aviation and what's coming for the future of air mobility. Thank you, Aaron, for having me. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit subscribe and give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. If you're interested in joining us on the grid, email us at podcast at zprime.com. For updates, be sure to follow us on LinkedIn at zprime and on Twitter at zprime underscore research. This episode was produced by me, Aaron Otan, with editing by Dylan Lockwood and cover art by Mia Dance.